We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. It's the best of the Joe Show. Running back some of the best audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. How do you do? I am Dan Day on a Monday. Probably didn't have to tell you it's Monday. You can feel it. But you know what makes Monday a little more palatable? Miami Mondays. That's right. On Mondays, try to make it a little more Miami here on the Best of the Joe show. So what I do, play interviews from guys like Manny Diaz. Of course, Dan Levitard always got his Miami game solid. Stephen A. Smith. And play some Miami-themed music throughout. Also, you can go to my Twitter page, at Dan Day Radio. Let me know what makes you so Miami. If I like it, I may read it out on the air. Once again, the Twitter page, at Dan Day Radio. Going to get to all that Miami goodness. But first, some headlines. Monday Night Football features two winless teams, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, at 8.15 tonight. Speaking of winless teams, the Dolphins fell 30-10 to to the Chargers yesterday. Finns face an open date Sunday. Then next week, Play the Redskins. The Marlins ended the season on a winning note, defeating the Phillies 4-3 yesterday. Their final record, 57-105. They will pick third in the next MLB draft. Good news, Kelly Olenek is expected to return from a knee injury during the Heat's preseason. Their first preseason game, October 8th versus the Spurs here in Miami. Beginning 2023, the state of California will not punish college athletes for collecting endorsement money. The NCAA currently does not allow this, but says it is monitoring the situation. The Canes are back in action Saturday at 3.30 against Virginia Tech. And now, let's take a step into the day spa. <sighs> St. Augustine, Florida police recently found the remains of a woman who died when the porter potty she was using caught fire, then exploded. Add that to the top of the list of ways I don't want to die. An Australian Domino's Pizza is searching for a chief garlic bread tester. Say goodbye to your belt. Hello to those big comfy sweatpants if you get that job. Detroit area drivers were shocked Saturday night when an interstate billboard began displaying porn. No accidents occurred, but there were happy endings. (sighs) Now on to weather brought to you by Hylia Park. Tonight's forecast has a 20% chance of rain with temperatures around 80. Visit Hylia Park Casino every Saturday and win your share of $10,000 in giveaways. Drawings all day long and it's free to enter. Visit HyliaPark.com for more details. As I mentioned, it is a Miami Monday. Hashtag Miami Monday. You go to my Twitter page, at Dan Day Radio. What is more Miami than Joe Rose? He played for the Dolphins, caught Dan Marino's first professional touchdown pass. Manny Diaz, his dad was the mayor of the town, and he is now the coach of the U. They met up earlier today, started talking about tightening up practices, how coaches stoked to play 6-6, six and six, a Bubba Bolding sighting. Coach also likes to watch some football. He clears up the whole Zach McLeod situation and, of course, discusses this weekend's game against Virginia Tech.
Manny Diaz joins us right now. Manny, good morning. How are you? Doing great. Good morning. How are you doing? We missed that college football game. I know it's probably good for for your team to to get a few days off, but man, can't, glad to see you guys gonna be back in action, getting ready to play Virginia Tech now. Got to ask you this though, Manny. Uh, practices. You weren't happy again last week. I think you said lack of competitive edge. You didn't see it. Energy, focus. How do you get guys to do that? You can only yell and scream so much. I know people read into it different ways. What do you do? Do you, do you see it back? Was some of it because you had a bye week? How do you treat it? Well, there's an old adage in coaching. You get what you demand, and you encourage what you tolerate. You know, on that particular day, we, we didn't have a great day one day last week, and, and we, we set the ball down, and we, we competed. You know, we, we just we just changed course. Um, I will say we practiced yesterday and probably had one of the best practices we've had all year. So, you know, there is a tendency sometimes you do get into the you know the bye week blues, but um, but coming off the way that we had performed the, the the Saturday prior, that was that was not going to be acceptable. And, and again, as you're trying to you know establish the culture of a program, there's things that you have to you've got to be hard on, and you've got to really set the tone. You want you're coaching to the the freshmen who maybe even still be on scout team right now, barely playing. You want them to understand what the standard is in terms of how we work, so that when they're older guys, they can they can explain it to. To new freshmen, about hey, this is just the way things are at the University of Miami. Manny, offensively, you're statistically better than 2018, <laughs> uh, but not good enough. Obviously, you're two and two. I'm sure you want more improvement on the offense. But what have you seen in the difference between this year and last year, outside of obviously the starting quarterback? For me, we're still too early in the season to get into our, you know, our sample size is too small. You know, and everybody's sample size is too small. You know, let's let's go around the track a few times and we'll figure out where we're where we're at, where we're going. I think I think what we've seen with our offense is that when we get everybody on the same page and everybody's you know working the way that, that that we should work that there's we have moved the ball against anybody you know and i've i've seen a lot of excitement in terms of just the the, the demeanor that that we're playing with on that side of the ball just the way that we're working the way we're, we're operating in practice and in showing up in games the issue has still been inconsistencies you know and, and and that's something that you know you have a chance to address the, the biggest thing we just need to we just need to go play games you know I'm, I'm just excited now to go play six games in six weeks we just you know we feel like our season's been so start stop start stop and if you really look at when you, when, you, when you evaluate our offense, for example, you know you see a lot of the the things in the Florida game where wow, you know you're, you're out there, you got a freshman quarterback, you got a freshman offensive lineman doing some things, giving yourself a chance to win that game. Okay, boom, North Carolina game, driving the ball, running the ball all over them, you know, getting the ball, you know, kind of moving the ball up and down the field, look look pretty good. Bethune game, bang bang bang. Okay. Central Michigan game. Well, what happens? Too many guys in a non-competitive standpoint, and, and all of a sudden, it's funny how that that last image sort of sullies the whole improvement and, and and the idea of where we are offensively. So I get it; it's easy, you know. We, we we're, we're all as good as our, our last game, but. Um, I'm excited to watch these guys continue to play and continue to improve. Coach, you talked about uh, evaluating guys and and especially with some extra time to see if some other guys should get more playing time. Was that one of the goals in the off week? And will there be some guys you're going to adjust playing time for certain guys? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think I think we're the, the biggest thing we're always looking to do is is find more depth. You know, so you know we talked about the season. You know, this is going back even in our in our summer planning meetings. You know, we had you know we knew we had this very odd first six weeks of the season were with the two bye weeks and we knew that you know that this would really be you know starting in October this would really be the meat of our season really define where you know how this whole deal is going to go and we knew that there'd be some guys that might be ready for a role in October that maybe weren't ready for a role on on August 24th so um, the more depth we have I think the more that makes us a better team we've been knock on wood we've been able to stay pretty healthy uh, up to this point we're getting some guys back uh, that we didn't have uh, for the first month so it, I'm just you know excited to see us you know sort of 
get as many guys on the field as we possibly can. Coach Bubba Bolden going to hopefully make his first play this week. Uh, is that is that the plan? Yeah, Bubba will be out there. It's good, be good to see him going, and again, you know, providing more competition in our secondary. And and um, he's, he's been he's been waiting around. He's been working really hard. I'm just excited to see Bubba get on the field and play. How about uh, Silvera, uh, a guy you're really counting on at defensive tackle? Is he about ready to come back, Coach? Yeah, and he'll he'll be back as well, which would be great. Again, just you know, be letting allowing us to roll our guys up front, which which you know, obviously everybody knows that we like to do and I think our D tackles are off to a to a good start obviously we've been pretty stout versus the run which would be a huge key um, I mean every week but certainly this week with, with Virginia Tech coming in so again the more the more guys we have and, and the fresher we can stay that's supposed to be our advantage in this league as we can wear people down with our depth. Coach are you going to stick with the same old line or, or do you see yourself still making small adjustments guard to tackle tackle to guard stuff how do you feel about this group right now? There's a couple ways to look at it um, one you're trying to build continuity and you're trying to build confidence right so if you know there's the idea of you know if you sit around and and, and are constantly trying to fire people and especially when you talk about young people it's, right. it's, it becomes awfully difficult for them to really gain confidence right you, you, you we have to remember who it is we're playing with and what type of experience that they have now that being said you know you still have to make sure that you're demanding a performance and you're demanding them to, to compete at their highest level and that's why there's two different things right there's the level of competition and there's a way that we functioned and then there's a way that we function when we weren't when we weren't at our competitive best so you have to you have to separate those too so yeah and, and and part of it also is 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 a depth standpoint so perhaps instead of one guy playing 75 plays maybe what we're doing is we've got some guys now that hey one guy can play 50 one guy can play 25 we would like to have the ability to push more guys into the game like that because that makes everybody better because i can strain and i can go harder and i can play at more of a competitive edge if we have the ability to, to roll some different guys in there. So that may be something you'll see from us going forward as well. Coach, on a bye week, uh, on a Saturday, what do you do? You watch college football? Do you watch a lot of college football or any college football? I watch all the college football. I mean, you're watching, you know, our future opponents. You're watching just, you know, ball in general. And and, it, and, it, and it's it's great because it, it shows you a lot of different things. And then the one thing that you even saw this past weekend is what we talked about a week ago. It is hard to be the same team every week, you know. And, and again, if, if, if there's ever any sort of dip, in your competitive edge, you can get beat any and on any given week, and and you just see that, and that's and that is the thing in college football. I mean, that's what I think that's what kind of makes it so exciting uh, because you don't ever really know what's going to happen, and you see uh, and you see a lot of these games that, that end up being very tight that maybe people didn't think were going to be tight. Coach, right when you said that, uh, you're talking about Clemson, North Carolina, man. You might as well just said the game because friggin' North Carolina had a chance to win that game would have been a huge upset. We're also finding out, boy, North Carolina's done a really good job. Uh, with that group of guys, uh, Coach Brown coming in's done a hell of a job. Let but, me, but, uh, same, but, but same, but same thing to their point though. But a week ago they lose to App State, right? You know, right. you just don't know, and th- and that's the whole point. There's not a lot of sometimes there's not as much yeah, difference true. between all these teams as we think, and it's just it's about being your best self every week. Now, hey, I want to ask you the Zach McLeod thing. Kind of caught me by surprise. Uh, first, it looked like you sound like. You said, hey, why don't we think about red shirt and we're playing a lot of two linebacker instead of three. Did he buy in right away or, or have you guys decided that for sure? Are you going to wait and see the injury thing or how are you going to play this with Zach McLeod? No, we let we let Zach dictate that. Okay. You know, obviously, he, he was in our plans going forward and, and, and Zach brought it uh, forward to us that, you know, hey, if it's possible – you know, if I can, uh, if I can redshirt this year and, and come back next year, you know, certainly that's, that benefits us because obviously when you lose two guys like, you know, like, um, Shaq and Pickney next year to, to still have a senior, um, in that room would, would, would be a great benefit to our team a year from now. And, and it's just, you know, it's hard to take those guys off the field. And as you mentioned, a lot of times we are, you know, with our striker position, we do, we do only have two linebackers 
um, on the field at a time. But but that was not going to be something. Zach Zach is such a great um, young man for our program. He's such a great young man for our university. That was a decision that was going to come from him. He has a game of eligibility left, so if there was ever a situation where we needed to put him in to, to finish a game, if we had an injury, he could do that. And if something happened, you know, knock on wood, you know, catastrophically, he, you know, he knows that he could, you know, he, we are preparing him every week as if he's going to go in and play, and he knows that. And and so if something unforeseen happened, he could still go in and, and finish the rest of the season, you know, this season if he had, if his role expanded. But but uh, I think this is a move that would benefit Zach and it benefits us as well. It seems to me that the college football, the NCAA is going to have to look at this four game with the with the idea of the of the red shirt for young guys because it's being used a lot of different ways do you agree or do you like the way it is well at its core the rule is a good rule it it, it, it helps it helps coaches it helps players right. I, I still think at its, at its it's good for everybody and i and i and i know i would prefer not to go back to the way it was prior we're obviously in an in an, in an era i mean there's always the rule you know the law of unintended consequences and there's other things that that, that go on but i i think it'd be i think the rule does more good than than, than bad in terms of whatever reasons we would go to eliminating it. All right, Coach, Virginia Tech week. They didn't have their best showing last Friday Ooh, night. Um, you, obviously, you're going to prepare for a team no matter what happens a week before, but they got to be a team that's looking to uh, get back up there after last week's performance. A dangerous team when a team is like that or no? Well, what do we say? In college football, you're probably not going to see the same team every week, right? right. You know, again, Clemson sitting there watching, you know, North Carolina lose back-to-back games to, to wake and app, and they're saying, oh, okay, we got this. We have told our football team in, in this in this sport, and you know this, Joe, anytime you think something's about to be easy, you better duck because you're about to get whacked in the back of the yeah. head. Um, and that's why, again, that's why we work so much on terms of, of, of our performance, you know, the way that we work, the way that we strain, the way that we compete, and we don't sit around, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah obviously we would expect a, a wounded team, a, a very hungry team, a, a, you know, and coming out of that locker room, but I, I can't I can't worry about what's coming out of that tunnel. I, I really got to worry about what's coming out of our tunnel and make sure that we've got the right edge uh, to succeed regardless of what uh, Virginia Tech's mentality is. Coach, I got to ask you about a guy that you've coached that I've I've been wanting to bring this up to you. I couldn't have been more wrong about Gerald Willis is on the Miami Dolphins practice squad, and I'm looking at the guy that played last year. Going, if he plays like he did last year, how is he not playing on the Dolphins? Let alone a bunch of other teams. What am I missing? I thought Gerald Willis was clearly the best player on the whole team last year. I don't know if you agree. Just my eyes telling me that. What is it now? He's practice squad working his way back up, like like he's an afterthought what it helped me out from the guy you coached that dominated games made all these plays behind the line of scrimmage 300 pound guy that can move help me out well i i agree with you that you know i thought he was as good a player as anybody we had on our team a year ago and, and had such a great season i think he's made such a an amazing transformation as as a as a young man and really is a in my mind, a success story of what college football is all about. Now, in terms of, you know, the NFL, look, the guys into the league in, in different ways, you know, and would I love for him to be playing more? I'm just happy he's got a spot. And yeah. I'm happy he's got a chance to continue right. to work and prove himself. And, and, and keep in mind, you know, different people like to they play their defensive front in different ways. And, and Gerald was a, the old Miami 4-3. Gerald is the exact type of quick three-technique tackle that, you know, our defense is, is designed around. So he, he's a perfect fit here. And, and that's what you got to find sometimes about being a perfect fit and, and now you got to learn some new techniques if you're getting asked to do a different thing. So, you know, it's up to Gerald to work hard and to make it right because guys, we, we've, we've seen guys, you know, Adrian, Adrian Colbert, again, as a, as a late-drafted guy or, right. or a hardly-drafted guy, and, and now he's, a, he's on the Seattle Seahawks playing for them. So, you know, the whole key is, is, to, is to get in and stay in and, 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 and write your own story. And, and Gerald still has a chance to do that, and, and, and hopefully he will. Manny, thanks for your time. It's Virginia Tech Week. Best of luck on Saturday. Thanks, Manny. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. 
The Joe Rose Show, weekday morning, 6 to 10, right here on 560 The Joe. And you can download the podcast wherever you get your podcast, the radio.com app, or you can go to our website, wqam.com. Remember, you can hear Manny Diaz and the Canes take on Virginia Tech this Saturday, kickoff at 3.30, the pregame, the postgame, the whole game, right here. Up next, I hate to be that guy, but Dan Levitard. It'll all make sense. Just keep it tuned to 560 The Joe WQAM. This is the best of The Joe Show. It's the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours on a Miami Monday, and you are listening to one of Miami's finest bands, Jacuzzi Boys. The song's called Glazin'. Jacuzzi Boy is going to be glazing at Churchill's Pub here in the 305 on Friday. That is going to be a hot show. I think me and Solana and maybe some of the other people from the radio station are going to run down there, drink some of those $4 pints of bass beer, and rock out to Jacuzzi Boys. Won't you join us and have some fun? Dan Lebetard, he seems like the type of guy who likes to go to divey, dirty places like Churchill's and drink some $4 bass beers. Earlier today, he and the guys joking around and being serious at the same time, sort of, Playing a little hate to be that guy, some Cleveland Browns revenge, and weekend observations. A tweeter writes in, I hate to be that guy, but Venezuelan isn't a racial category, it's a nationality. He's that guy. We have made Mike Ryan suffer enough. He has not been allowed to talk nationally for the last two and a half hours. So now we're going to suffer. The biggest victory of the <laughs> Cleveland Browns season. They, the tough part of their schedule, This is uh, these six games here at the start, if they can navigate it without going one and five, you know, which now they can because they beat Baltimore on the road. But there was the chance there that the noise was going to get real loud around that team because a whole lot of people delighted in the one and two start. Was going to get real loud? <laughs> Let me ask you a question, national media types. You proud of yourselves? Hmm? You had fun last week, didn't you? You had all sorts of fun playing the game. Build them up, just knock them down. Daniel Jones better than Baker Mayfield, and we forgot about the rookie passing touchdown record. That was all fun for you, right? Lamar Jackson's changing the position, and he's, he's going to win that division easily. This is a joke, because they had eight starters out against the NFC champion Rams and lost on the final play. You should be embarrassed. You should all be embarrassed. You know what happened yesterday? Freddie Kitchens, he actually learned from mistakes. What a leader. Odell Beckham, yeah, he only caught two passes, but he opened up everything on the field. Look at that Nick Chubb run. Look at it. Look at the power, <laughs> the thighs, the speed. It looked good. You know what you don't see? A safety. Why? Because the safety's dragged over to Odell Beckham's side. That's what you see. Ricky Seals-Jones, same thing. Safety's over, over there busy with Odell Beckham. Well, a leader. Not complaining. Not complaining after the game. A 300-yard passer on the road. A 150-plus yard runner on the road. A 150-plus yard receiver in Jarvis Landry, who I was led to believe only caught three-yard passes from my time down here in Miami. What happened? About 60 yards while concussed after the catch. That's what happened. That's why he lost his balance. Poor guy. I hope you're okay. What a performance. 
toughest road game of the season in this division. And what do they do? They make that wide receiver look exactly like what he is. A wide receiver, you heard me. Your body language is so bad when you're not front-running and playing the Miami Dolphins, Lamar Jackson. I'm on to you. I'm so on to all of you. <laughs> you're doing too. Did you demand that we look at Chubb's uh, size or his thighs? You can look at both. Everything. Did you see that Chubb run? I mean, my God. Power. One of the more complete backs you'll ever see. He does that all the time now. 88-plus yard runs. Pulling away. How can someone so big and strong be so agile? You've got a chub. You've got a chub. (laughs) Mike, you've got a chub. Just saying. You come with that noise on a week that they just barely lost to a really good team that we thought of anyway at the time. But now the Bucks beat them, so who knows. But you come with all of that. You better be prepared for the repercussions. You're dealing with it now. I realized something while I was watching that terrible show get up. It's just awful. What they were doing was irresponsible last week. Can you believe this, Rex Ryan? They enjoyed. They, they called Baker Mayfield. Uh, overrated as hell. Overrated a man who hell. has a tattoo of Mark Sanchez's jersey on his arm is telling me what quarterback play is. Can you believe this on this network? Next time you have the gall to do what you irresponsible fools did last week, go walk to a mirror. Look at what you're wearing. Because if it isn't orange and brown, you do not matter. <laughs> That's the Freddie Kitchens line. That is what, uh, and also for the last 20 uh, years, if it was orange and brown, it did not matter, which is the reason that the national media enjoyed. You're dealing with a reckoning now, boys. <laughs> They're minus two. They are minus two in point differential, but they are two and two, as is everyone in the entire sport. <laughs> 12 teams. We're four weeks in and no one knows anything. Lamar Jackson love fest. Oh, he beat up on the Dolphins and he beat up on the Cardinals. He's the greatest. Oh, oh. no, he's not. No, he's not. He's not the passer Baker Mayfield is. Unbelievable. Baker Mayfield. 68, 66% completion percentage on 11.4 yards per attempt. This guy has the goods. <laughs> got the goods. Lamar Jackson, you got the bad. You got the bads. <laughs> oh, no, the bads. Oh, no. The bads. Oh, no. Oh, so cocky, John Harbaugh. Joking. Oh, remember when they were talking about Cleveland winning the division? Guess what? Tiebreaker goes to us. First place. Raise the banner. Quarter of the season, son. They are. The Cleveland Browns are. Uh, the, the now we march on out west <laughs> to the Francisco. Bay Area yeah. to oh. take on an undefeated team out in the NFC. The only one there is in that conference. Coming we off all a had bye it. week. Coming off a bye. Coming off a bye. Monday Night Football, you'll all be there and you'll all do the same thing. Y'all hype this game up right. and pray that the Browns lose right. so they can do your job That's for right. you, That's right. you lazy bumps. They make it so easy. I couldn't talk two and a half hours about the Browns today because I knew that's what was coming. <laughs> lazy bumps. They don't have a secondary. You understand we did that with our second team secondary? Everybody's out. Everyone. And wait till you see what this team looks like when Hollywood Higgins comes back. He would have been the best Hollywood on the field. At least he would have been on the field. He was inactive, and he was the best Hollywood one. When do you get Kareem Hunt back? Oh, that's when I check my moralities at the door, gentlemen. <laughs> because as conflicted as I was all off season, I will woof, woof, woof as he marches into the end zone to give Nick Chubb, that mastodon of a man, a blow. He's coming in to give Nick Chubb a blow. The, he deserves that because that did get loud around the Browns. Uh, that It's been interesting to watch all that stuff, the way the off season went where – the hype train was out of control, and then when the hype train is out of control, what you want is either be that good or struggle. Don't be that good. And the two losses are just so awful that the noise gets loud fast, and it takes us all of three games for Rex Ryan to arrive at overrated as hell. Uh, what's great about that team and that quarterback, it doesn't matter. 
it doesn't matter if they're one and two. It doesn't matter if they're one and three. He is still going to snap back. And I love that about him because he's so confident in himself. But Dan, you're right. Like at Niners, Seahawks, and at Patriots. And then they have maybe the easiest schedule in the NFL. Like, Mike, you're really on to something here. Came through the fire, baby. <laughs> Born in fire. Raised by adversity. Ending, resulting in a Super Bowl championship. You heard me. Yeah. You heard me. Well, it's going to be two and four, don't you think? Uh, a two and four start four, after six games. Well, at know. 49ers, home against Niners the Seahawks. Niners are favored by what, four? Yeah, a home against the Seahawks and at New England. I mean, okay, my bad. I'm sorry. I thought the New England game was before the Seattle game. No. So they're going to get halfway through the season, and you want what? Obviously, you want them to – but just to survive this They needed to stretch. steal a game. And well, they I did th- yesterday. I think the national media – Rich Eisen was like, this is one of Rich's locks. Oh, yeah, you got to take the Ravens in this spot because the Browns are terrible. Yeah, they hardly got talent on that team, I guess. You kidding me? Oh, man, you were all a bunch of jokers last week. <laughs> jokers! But, Mike, I'm telling you, even if you win one of the next three, you are still sitting in an amazing I'm spot. Sitting pretty. Yeah. Catbird. Yep. Catbird. Me. Catbird. Well, you better not lose because Odell's not going to put up with this two catches thing for a long time with losses. <laughs> he'll he'll do it quietly with victories, but the two catches things, that's not going to... Odell Beckham has looked uh, like himself, dare I say, is it fair to say, one play this season. Did it, you see and the it was, pl- And it was a short play. Am I wrong about no, that? Well, hold on. Did you see the play yesterday? Him. How about the play yesterday? It didn't complete. Yeah, Ratley dropped an unbelievable pass from him. He uh, he dodged two guys who were trying to sack him. It was a passing play. Beckham was throwing the ball. He avoided two oh, yeah, pass rushers yeah. and then threw like 60 yards on the run. He commanded so much attention from that Ravens uh, defense as he should have. And this is where it's incumbent upon the play caller to make the most no, of No, you got situation. it right. That's where that Chubb run comes from. They should keep doing stuff like that, obviously. Just, um, yeah, take Odell with the spacing. Take Odell. In, but he's not going to put up with decoy for a long time, even on touchdowns, if they're losing. Even, yeah, on, it, even on Chubb touchdowns that are 85 yards or whatever that was. But it's so great to see because his reputation, it's really unfair because the dude is in on every play he's blocking downfield he's punching dudes he's punching dudes he's an unbelievable football player perhaps the greatest we've ever seen am i going too far yes uh, long ago it is time for his two guys to share his game notes no one in the media will tell you what happened better than my boys too dan with a big road win to get their record to two and two and a top the AFC South, with every other team in that division, oh, no. the Tennessee Titans are back in the mix. Unbelievable. I love that division, man. <laughs> that team, man. That team. In the mix. Get out of my life! <laughs> Week 17 flex on Sunday Night Football collision course. It's just a matter of which two teams. Exactly. And if they have a winning or losing record, who knows? Michigan, that win meant nothing. Florida, Auburn implications michigan so we're clear your record is still two and one there was no fourth game dan in the event i forget tomorrow happy opening day michigan the rare 50 burger with a side of meaningless what happened there (laughs) arba wait imagine how good Tua would be if he played for lincoln riley wake forest you should thank dan for motivating your football team, the Deeks. Dan, you know what the Tar Heels did? What's that? They gave the Tigers all they could handle. They really did. And you know what Clemson did, Dan? Finished the job, got it done. They found a way. Oh, yeah. My I think the most shocking thing I've ever seen is Antonio Brown insulting someone. 
by calling them a jabroni. The Iron Sheik's word. He did it on social media. (laughs) That's a great insult. Was it Baker? That's a great insult. (laughs) Got Frost. In case you couldn't make out what Ohio State was trying to tell you, let me clear it up. They were trying to tell you, you're not close. Dan. They did tell him. They, did, they, they weren't trying. They successfully told him. But I'm not certain Scott Frost got the message, and I just wanted to make sure that the message was delivered. Dan. Yes. You know what Nebraska quarterback Adrian Martinez looked like on Saturday night? He looked like a deer in headlights. I got a lot of questions for you this morning. Dan, you know what the Browns did yesterday? They silenced the critics. There is not a bigger riddle in sports than the Tennessee Titans. Close second, Kirk Cousins. Patrick Mahomes, bust. Hey, Zane Gonzalez, missed two field goals and cost me a fantasy game. Means your new home is the waiver wire. Enjoy. Jay Gruden was right. Dwayne Haskins wasn't ready. (laughs) Unfortunately for Jay, Case Keenum is never ready. Case Kingdom has missed uh, way too many wide-open wide receivers this season way down the field. A play away from the Super Bowl Vikings. <laughs> Dan, it looked like Mitchell broke a ribski. If you were wondering what Matt Bartley... I'm sorry, let's try that again. If you were wondering what Matt Barkley was up to, I found him. He's healthy, living in Buffalo now, playing quarterback for the Bills. Chris Carson runs like a man. Congrats to the Bucks for bouncing back, and congrats to the Rams for looking ahead. 18 of 39, 159 yards, no touchdowns, one interception, 45.9 QB rating. They still win by six on the road against a 3-0 team. I hate them. It was nice, Dan, to see Phillip Rivers relax for a weekend. Death, taxes, and Cameron Brait. It's always there. Always there. Josh Allen. Tom Brady has that game every decade or so. When he does, you can't have a worse game. Tackling Chris Carson seems like it hurts the tackler more than Chris Carson. It was their bye week, yet somehow the Jets play their best game of the season. I hate them. Coin collectors, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the rare double nickel. Tom Brady, nothing, a few extra sessions with Dr. Guerrero, won't fix. Dak, you're playing a dangerous game of business with a guy who is a trained business assassin. Be careful. As a Jets fan, I never thought I'd say this, but Kirk Cousins, thank you for not choosing us. Never good when your first career touchdown pass is thrown to someone on the other team. Congratulations, Dwayne Haskins. If Auburn beats Florida... Georgia, LSU, and Alabama, I vote we end the season and hand them the trophy. MLB wildcard games, the rare games where both the winners and the losers leave town. La Shana Tova, Tariq Cohen. Tough break for Juju Smith-Schuster having to play on New Year's. The Raiders should start all their games at 10 a.m. local time. I can't believe the Ravens literally choked. Miami Dolphins, Owen Fora. The Giants defense is playing so much better since they inserted Daniel Jones into the starting lineup. 
Devonta Smith. He wasn't even good yet. I know, but you see how that defense played for him? Is it the way the Washington <laughs> offense played for him? I mean, everyone's gotten a jolt from Daniel Jones. I think he had more interceptions and completions when he was targeting someone 10 yards down the field. <laughs> two and two. Devonta Smith. Two and oh, actually. Two, two and oh with Daniel Jones, you're right. In the mix. Firmly. How about that? Devonta Smith. Hell of a day. Speaking of hell. Or pros. Dan, those are the weekend observations. Dan, the man, Lebitar, can be heard right here on 560 The Joe weekdays from 10 to 1. Stephen A. Smith, he may be more excited about the Saints' victory over the Cowboys last night than even I am, and I'm originally from New Orleans. We'll hear from him next on the Best of the Joe Show. Welcome back to the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I'm Dan Day. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Dan Day Radio. Then, of course, follow Jacuzzi Boys from right here in Miami on a Miami Monday. They're going to be doing a hometown show this Friday before they embark on a tour at Churchill's Pub. I love Churchill's Pub. I just don't love the bathrooms at that place. It's going to be a whole lot of fun, though. Won't you join us Wednesday for the Best of the Joe Show? And also then Friday for another Best of the Joe Show. We've got some sporting events in here and there that's going to push us all over the place. But no, Friday, definitely Jacuzzi Boys over there at Church Hills. More details once again on my Twitter page at Dan Day Radio. Stephen A. Smith! You can hear him right here on 560 The Joe weekdays from 1 to 3. He was on earlier gloating over the Cowboys lost to the Saints. Go Saints and perfect. Less than perfect. Howdy everybody. How you doing? Welcome to the latest edition of the Stephen A. Smith Show. Coming at you as I love to do. Every weekday, afternoon, and morning, depending on your location, right here over the national airwaves of ESPN Radio and ESPN News. Now, you might be wondering why I'm on the national airwaves with this cowboy hat on. Well, it just so happens that I was watching them cowboys last night, watching them against those New Orleans Saints, watching those cowboy fans all over the world, bloviating about how those cowboys going to remain undefeated. I guess that done fell apart, didn't it? <laughs> I guess it done fell apart. Suddenly the Dallas Cowboys couldn't run with the football, couldn't throw the football, couldn't score with the football, couldn't do anything offensively. Now that defense is special. That defense is special. But that offense, mm, mm, mm. no can do. Ezekiel Elliott, 18 carries for 35 yards, less than two yards per carry. Dak Prescott, 22 or 33, just 223 yards. Interception, sacked one time, couldn't get much going. And they lost to Teddy Bridgewater and it was all insane. Just imagine if my man Drew Brees was out there. And as a result, the Dallas Cowboys lost the game, and that's why I was wearing this hat. Want to do that little dedication to all those Cowboy fans out there with my regular Cowboy accent all over the place, okay? I'll get to that a little bit later on in the show. My man JC and Jonathan Winthrop laughing at me, laughing at my Southern drawl and all of that other stuff. I love them Cowboy fans everywhere. Even Cowboy fans in the East, in the West, in the South. I mean, it don't have to be just the South. They all sound the same. Sticking out their chest, acting like they're going to win the Super Bowl. Everything is well. Well, guess what? It ain't well at all. It ain't well at all. I'll get to that a little bit later on in the show. Took your fancy there just a touch. Don't you worry about it. 
I reckon I'll get right back to you in the short order. Don't you worry. You stick right there. You don't touch that channel. You don't touch that channel. Okay? Just want to make sure. I got bigger things to get to right now. I got bigger things to get to. And to be quite honest with you, there's nothing funny about what I'm about to talk about because it doesn't involve the Dallas Cowboys. Give them credit for this much. They're playing some damn good football for the most part. Um, And the storyline involving them has been stuff like football or contract negotiations involving football. It hasn't been the kind of nonsense that Vontez Burfick has subjected so many people to. Vontez Burfick, it was announced a little over an hour ago, has been suspended by the National Football League for the remainder of this 2019 football season. The final 12 games, and even if the Oakland Raiders make the playoffs, he will be suspended there as well. If you see, you see the highlights right there. Indianapolis Colts tight end Jack Doyle catches a pass. Vontez Burfick launches into him. Head first, crown of the helmet. Doing everything that the NFL has implored its players not to do. Spanning several years now. Very, very clear that that's not something you need to do. And Vontez Burfick did it anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no defense for it anymore. I don't have any axe to grind against Vontez Burfick. I had to, I only met him one time, only spoke to him one time. I had the pleasure of meeting with him. Sound like a, a really, really smart brother. But guess what? The history doesn't speak intelligence. He's 28 years of age. He's racked up over four and a half million dollars in career fines and forfeited pay. All right. This fine that he has now incurred is the largest on field fine in NFL history. There is no way around this. There is no way to justify what we're talking about here. Over the course of his NFL career, he's been penalized 13 different times. From Corona Centennial High School from 2005 to 2009, when he initially was going to go to USC with Matt Barkley, before Matt Barkley came out, called him a dirty player because he was targeting Matt Barkley's knee as a high school player, according to Matt Barkley, who ultimately committed to USC and Vontez Burfick went to Arizona State. To him going to Arizona State, shoving a referee, incurring numerous fines, even though he was a freshman defensive player of the year in the Pac-10, it was a problem. Arizona State coach at the time, Dennis Erickson, said, quote, he got carried away. That's how he is. But he's got to control it. I love his intensity. I don't want to slow his intensity down because it's the it's contagious for the rest of the players, for the fans, for everybody involved in the program. But he's got to be smart. And evidently, that wasn't good enough. Then he goes to the National Football League with the Cincinnati Bengals. And what are we talking about here? As a rookie, he starts 14 games. Led the team in tackles with 127. The Bengals finished number six in total defense, but allowed 2.4 more yards per play when Burfick was off the field. Earned a $20 million extension in 2014, but he reverted to his former self, racking up personal fouls and fines that have since come to define his play. And then we know the rest. 13 fines in seven years. Suspensions over that period of time. There's no way around it. There's no way around it. It's indefensible. I would love to sit here and come to the defense of Vontez Burfick. I truly would. But literally going after the head of players. What possible sense is that? It doesn't make any sense. You don't know better than that? And then to get suspended yet again after literally launching himself, led by the crown of his helmet, into the head of Jack Doyle, gets ejected from the game, and then departs from the game in Indianapolis, Waving, smiling ear to ear, waving at the fans and blowing kisses, knowing a suspension is imminent. Ladies and gentlemen, my personal belief is that his career is over. I'm not saying I wish that for him or anybody else. His career is over. I can't see it any other way. And here's why. The Cincinnati Bengals 
could not trade him last year. They couldn't give him away for a box of cookies. They ultimately elected to release him in March. When they elected to do that, he was a free agent for one day, and the Oakland Raiders picked him up, led by John Gruden. They pick him up. They brought him on the team. Ladies and gentlemen, he was actually the voice of reason when Antonio Brown got in to Mike Mayock, the GM for the Oakland Raiders. When Antonio Brown got into his face, it was Vontez Burfick separating him. It was Vontez Burfick trying to calm him down. But he gets out on the field, and he does this, suspended for the rest of the season. I'd love to sit here and tell you that it's too extreme, but how many warnings do you need? How many warnings is he supposed to receive before he learns the error of his ways? The National Football League, in concert with the Players Association, negotiated all types of rules that would position you to elevate the level of safety that exists in the NFL. That's what they did. That's what they did. They sat up there and they said, you know what? This is what we're trying to do here. This is what we want you to do. We want to avoid those headshots. We don't want to be sued over concussions and CTE costing us billions of dollars potentially. We don't want that. We're going to eradicate that from our game. The Players Association agreed. Practice times involving contact drills. They were limited. Guys spending hours in a weight room and restricted conditioning coaches now is the way to go as opposed to actual contact or being subjected to contact. Those were all things the players signed off on. And Vontez Burfitt has repeatedly, religiously violated that mandate. I'm not here to get on him. I wish the brother was in the league. I wish he didn't get suspended. I wish he was making his money. The guy that I met and talked to seemed like a relatively nice guy. Now, clearly he's not that on the field, and he doesn't need to be that on the field. Because when you're on the field to play, hell, you're trying to get things done. I understand it. I really, really do. But I got to tell you something, man. This is too extreme. It's too much. It can't be tolerated. If the league did not suspend him for the rest of this year, what recourse would they have to do anything to similar offenders, similar violators. They'd have no, they'd have no leverage, no cachet whatsoever. They absolutely positively had to take this position. You can slice it any way you want to. Absolutely positively had to take this position. There is no doubt about it. And because that's the situation that we're in, because that's the situation we find ourselves in, this is what it is. Vontez Burfick had to be suspended for the rest of the year. I didn't advocate that before it happened, but I damn sure ain't going to argue with it now that it has. It's a damn shame. And people want to point to, well, you know, there must be some kind of issue since he has the inability to control himself. My man Max Kellerman and others will explain it. Well, you know what? The world is filled with a bunch of Oprah-fied people. That's what I like to call them. It's an explanation for everything. And I'm not saying that to denigrate the one, the queen herself, Oprah Winfrey, in any way. I'm just saying that when we talk about a JC, when we talk about Jonathan, people that were introduced, the psychologists of the world and others that were just introduced to us over this new generation of millennials. We see, I mean, who, who would Dr. Phil be if it were not for Oprah? Just think about that for a second. You know, I'm more of a Judge Judy kind of person myself. I'm more of a judge. And no nonsense. I, 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 I want to hear it. And it's not that I literally don't want to hear it. It's that at some point in time, violators of rules and regulations shouldn't always have a damn explanation for every single thing, every single transgression they partake of. Sometimes, damn it, it's about you. Sometimes it's about what you've done. Sometimes it's about consequences because it involves the safety of others. It ain't like you're harming yourself. If you really, really think about it, this is what it really comes down to. Vontez Burfick is most guilty in his NFL career of knocking defenseless people upside the head. Is that accurate, John? I think it is. 
That's really what it comes down to. It's not like you're in a boxing ring like Errol Smith Jr. against Sean Porter Saturday night, which was a damn good fight, by the way, and you swing it at each other. That's not what happened. Vontez Perfect is knocking defenseless people upside the head. You catching a pass, you don't see him coming. You concentrating on the ball, and he's targeting your head. This ain't somebody in the octagon or the boxing ring. There's a football field with dudes looking at the ball. Might not have any idea that you're coming, and you're taking your 250-pound body and throwing the full force of your weight into their head. How can we defend that? I would ask my producers here in charge of this television show for the Stephen A. Smith Show, radio show on ESPN News. Could you please stop showing that video of Antonio Brown getting knocked upside the head? That's kind of vicious to watch. Vontez Perfect tried to decapitate him. Enough's enough. Cannot be tolerated. Plain and simple. That's going to about do it for a Miami Monday. Got some Joe Rose, Manny Diaz, Dan Lebetard, Stephen A. Smith. Played some music from Miami's own Jacuzzi Boys who are going to be at Churchill's this coming Friday. Before I go, though, let me say this. What a great day in 1972 this was. The great Roberto Clemente got his 3,000th hit. Unfortunately, it would be the last hit of his career. Roberto Clemente, you are greatly missed. I am Dan Day. Follow me at Dan Day Radio on Twitter. Remember to download the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Go to our website, WQAM.com. This is the best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.